Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 54 of the podcast. I get the opportunity to sit down today with my dear friend, Will Howell. Now, Will is a uh, covert ministry operator. (laughs) What does that mean? It means that he works in the tech industry by day. He serves Jesus by night. He lives in the tension of the two. And in our conversation today, he shares what it means to take big steps of faith. He talks about what it means to bring faith into the workplace, even when it seems like it doesn't fit. And he talks about how to be obedient to your calling. Uh, I love Will's heart and his podcast that he does, and I'm so thankful to have Will in my life. He's been uh, a huge help to me. So if you enjoyed the conversation today, please subscribe Leave a comment where you can and give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. It does help people find the podcast. Now, listen up. I am so excited to announce that uh, we are are in the process of creating some intentional community here in the Reclamation Podcast. Um, I want to invite you to text the word reclaim, text the word reclaim to 66866. Text the word reclaim to 66866 to sign up for helpful tips Uh, for blogs on reclaiming the balance of faith and life. Uh, We're working really hard to connect with you, and we would love for you to be a part of this community. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Will Howe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. I am here with a a newfound friend of mine. We've known each other for a couple of months now. Will Howe. Will, how the heck are you, man? Better than I deserve. How are you doing? Uh, You know, I'm good. Thank you awesome. so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's an honor. Absolutely. So I should tell everybody, uh, Will and I got to know each other um, through a kind of a, a Facebook group that helps create digital content and helps make us better podcaster. And Will, you have a great podcast, the Thoughtful Moments podcast. Uh, how, how long have you been doing that? Uh, April of last year. So um, probably... Well, just a little bit over 11 months, probably 12 months by the time this airs. Yeah, so um, just incredible content. What what made you jump into this platform and why call it the Thoughtful Moments Podcast? What was your jumping off point and all that? You know, I always have the thought of if someone doesn't build a platform for you, build it yourself. And mm-hmm. I always had the heart to serve and uh, help people and um, had that opportunity to do that. And so... Um, I wanted to teach. I wanted to be able to reach out and help people in that arena. And so what I did is I just started the podcast. The whole thoughtful moments portion of it is we should live each and every moment thoughtfully. That Everything that we do has a reason and purpose. And even whether it's small, minute, or huge, it's thought, uh, we are going to be thoughtful with it. Now, is that, uh, is that a new philosophy for you or is that something that was ingrained as a child? I'll tell you that it was not ingrained as a child. I actually, when I moved to St. Louis, I started listening to a lot of different authors and a lot of different uh, podcasters. And uh, a lot of people talked about intentionality and that's where I got that from. Mm. Now share a little bit of your story because you um, have done a lot of different things, including ministry. And now you're in the IT world. Fill in the gaps for us. How did that get started for you? How did you end up where you are now. Absolutely. I, uh, what I did was I was, um, before I moved to St. Louis, I was born and raised in Memphis and 
really struggled with anxiety and worry. And so I decided how to defeat that is to move to St. Louis by myself and not tell anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, you can't drop that bomb and just move on. <laughs> Actually, what happened? What had happened uh, was I um, um, I was what twenty two twenty three okay and I and I had filed bankruptcy um, mm-hmm. because I had done some stupid mistakes like buy a brand new truck with no miles on it and oh. financed it you know you know those kinds of things and uh, decided to total it and not be able to pay for it so oh with, that'll, with that'll no, do it. you know and no insurance on it so I'm just going to add pile after pile on this story <laughs> so <laughs> uh but anyway when that happened i just really needed a change in my life and uh, i knew i wasn't going anywhere mm. uh, i had a friend move to st louis and just had this little spark in my heart that I should be in st louis uh, now, it wasn't now, like a, that spark in your heart is that uh do you feel like that was the voice of god or do you feel like that was um some you know just a, a gut mm. feeling uh, that definitely was the voice of God, and I'll tell you how I know that. I was driving up Interstate 55 and crossed over the Merrimack River, and I don't know how your listeners feel about it, but I could feel verbally hear the voice of God say, these are your people, mm. and you will be here. And so I I firmly believe that God wanted me to live in this area, to, okay. to do something great. Now, what that great was, God only knows. I, do, I still don't know. After living here for almost, you know, over 14 years, you know, I have wow. an idea, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So moved up here, started working for uh, a medical university and, uh, just felt called the ministry. And so I started working for a worldwide ministry, um, Joyce Meyer ministries. And, uh, uh that's a big there, one. When you talk about uh, worldwide ministries, that's a big one. I wasn't joking. Three, uh, what was it? Uh, Two thirds of the globe being covered by the ministry, and that's yeah. That's Joyce is bringing want. some heat. She is, and um, wanting people to hurry up and get get that other one third done, you know. So uh, that was uh, my beginning of ministry was in that, and uh, uh, was in that for almost ten years. And uh, uh-huh. decided uh, I had a little help on it, but decided that I was kind of done with ministry. Nothing about God made me want to be done with it. Um, a lot of people are like, did you give up on God? No, it just was time for a change. So let me ask you this, because I, I think a lot of my listeners um, are in moments where they they could be ready for a change, but you know, fear often gets in the way of good faith. How, yeah. how did you know? I mean, like, how, take us through the, like, the minutia of the process of saying, because I mean, you had a, a decent, you know, good-paying ministry job. You were successful. I mean, at that point in time, I'm guessing you had mm-hmm. a couple kids, right? Yeah, we had three in that time. I got married. Yeah, that's three children. That's plenty of kids. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> and so, how, how did you make the decision to say yes? I'm going to leave everything I know to go to an area that I'm unfamiliar with. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was decided for me. Um, oh, I was let. Uh, yes, but I will tell you that years before then I knew it was time to leave and I did not obey. Mm. And that's one thing that I want to leave with your listeners is when you hear the voice of God and you get that nudge, um, really listen to it, pray about it because I didn't do that, which when you're in ministry, you believe that you hear from God and everything, but sometimes ministry overcomes you doing what you need to do. Oh, that's a good, that's such a good point. 
And sometimes you become, I don't want to say deaf to God, but it's like white noise to you, which is horrible, you know, but everybody in ministry goes through it. And anyone who tells you otherwise is not telling you the full truth. Um, and if we're not careful, we get helped out of ministry. But it was really good, though, that I got let go because it actually catapulted me into a dream of mine that took forever for me to realize. And my wife had told me right afterwards, I believed for years that you were meant to do this. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, why didn't you share that with me? Because we could have been done with this years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, don't you, don't you think, though, it's hard to see somebody who's filling out such a, um, a righteous, I'm going to use air quotes, righteous calling. Yeah. And then tell them, hey, I don't, I don't think that's meant for you. Yeah, yeah, and it ha would have to be hard for me. I'll tell you that. And uh, yeah, but it was one of the best things, uh, you know, in my life to have that happen. You know, while going through the process, it wasn't fun. I'll tell you that right now. I was unemployed for eight months before I got into the the IT you know field that I'm in now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't fun, but looking back, I'm glad it happened because now I can do things that I never thought I could do. Okay. So um, do you still feel like you're doing ministry? What does that look like today? Absolutely. Uh, every day, you know, when I work with somebody, I'm doing ministry, I'm doing work with them and I'm helping them out. Uh, ministry is not saying John three sixteen all day long. Uh, it's living out John three seventeen, um, you know, a lot more, knowing that God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Hmm. And where, the, where I work at, I work where there's a lot of ways that I could sit there and, and thumb my nose up at everyone because they're heathens, you know. But it gives me an opportunity to say how much God loves you, and I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to just love you where you're at. And they don't have to know. Uh, Let's take St. Francis of Assisi. Um, he said that, you know, uh, preach the gospel daily and when necessary, use words. Yeah. And through action, that's my ministry, loving people where they're at and not condemning them. So that's what it looks like today com as compared to working with everyday Christians. Well, let me ask you this, because um, yeah. so as a church leader, I mm. think one of the areas where we miss is this idea about the workplace as a mission field which really sounds like what's on your heart. What mm -hmm. does the church need to do today? I'm going to put you in the position to speak for the entire church, by the way. <laughs> nice. Nice. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. Pope He's will. like, finally. Hope <laughs> yeah, will. Um, yeah. So what does the church need to do today to equip its people to be missionaries in the field? Absolutely. Of, of work. Yeah. I think we need to start looking outside of our walls, our four walls. Um, a lot of times we believe that this is my seat that I sit in every week and this is where I need to be. This is my place. When God said, no, I want you to go into the marketplace. He said, go into the ends of the earth and make disciples. And so equipping our, you know, God's people with the right attitudes, the right training, the right words to say, and I don't want to put God in a box, you know, um, and so I, I definitely think that our churches need to do a better job at taking God out of the box and letting God be God, you know. So equipping them in a way where they know how to respond to everyday life, um, you know, because not everybody, everybody is full of sunshine and roses. They're very rough around the edges. How do you respond to that one that loves to use uh, profanity at every drop of the hat? 
um, you know, how do you respond to someone who just told you they're getting a divorce and having an affair? How do you respond to someone who has decided that they hate God and don't want anything to do with them? Equipping the saints in that way um, to not be self-righteous, but to show people, hey, I'm a Christian, but I'm screwed up just like you are. I just happen to have a hope of something greater in the end. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Will. You ready for this? How, how, yeah, do you, how do you respond? How do you respond when it happens in your workplace? You know, I really don't, I don't show any response to it. Um, I'll have the conversation, and, and every word where I work at is like that. Mm. Uh, I think it's a pre-qualification in the IT world to know the F word inside and out. You know, I'm starting to wonder every day. The, the IT more world more. and the army, both. Yeah. No joke. And 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 where I was like a at, level two service tech. <laughs> there you go. And 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 it's the truth because um, you know, where I work at, I work with Air Force people all day long. And I'm like, for the love of all that's holy, do you do you kiss your mother with that mouth? You know? <laughs> but uh I don't say it out loud, obviously, and I don't show any response to it. I just talk to people, you know, in my own language, you know, and I don't drop Jesus every five seconds. I actually don't think that God would want us to do that. Uh, be normal is how I've done it, you know. Um, I just treat it like a regular conversation. Does it annoy me after a while? Absolutely. Sure. But I don't. I don't show that at all. Yeah. I, no. What I really hear you saying is you have to listen and love, and then and walk Absolutely. with them. Walk with them where they're at, because you're never Absolutely. gonna. It's nothing's gonna change. But you're just not gonna guilt or shame somebody into changing their actions. No, not at all. And, and a lot of times, like one uh, the friend I moved up here, I told you about in St. Louis. Um, they were a uh, bisexual and um, pretty borderline gay and they were an agnostic and i worked with them in um at mci back in the day and i think about 90 percent of all the employees were that way hmm. and i mean that's nothing against mci that's sure, just yeah. how it happened well it's nothing and against so, yeah people who are different either it's just we gotta learn how to do we gotta learn how to do life together absolutely and that's what happened i would go we would all go out and hang out and, and shoot darts at the bar. I know all the Christians just fainted when they heard that. Um, but we'd go to IHOP and, you know, eat, you know, have a bite to eat and just chat and hang out. It wasn't one of those things where I had to, you know, now they did have a nickname for me, which was hilarious Bible thumper. Um, but I never brought it up, you know, mm. I just, you know, lived that way. And so they knew I lived that way. Well, fast forward, um, about well about 10 years later just to tell you how slow god works sometimes um she got saved and she really got on fire with god and needed someone to mentor her in a way and show her what god's love was like now when i say she people are like oh well you guys were dating not not at all i had no interest in her which is not bad i wanted to make sure there were no strings attached and she thought that something was going to happen that should not happen oh that's great the goal, the, the goal was hey god loves you so much that he's sending a someone of the opposite sex to tell you what his love is about and show you what his the strength of god is about and so that's how you live the world now are you going to save everyone who's going to come across your path no my goal is to plant that seed i don't know about you but to plant that seed in the ground and let god for you know do what he's going to do with it yeah, I love the image of a vessel because um, in that space, you just get to hold whatever God gives you. 
Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so you just hold it and just know that it's going to be there when it's going to be there. Uh, let's jump back in, into your story. So you left ministry, you start to work in the IT world, which is mm-hmm. way different. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, the couple of questions that come to my mind as I'm thinking through that, um, where are you with your anxiety and worry at that point? I mean, kind of what had prompted you to, I mean, now you've got kids, you've got a wife, you've got, yeah. you were unemployed for several months, sounds like. And so, I yeah. mean, you've been through it. How are you dealing with your anxiety and worry? I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I had back when I was first diagnosed. And um, one thing was, and, and um, it's controversial some, but I started doing medication about uh, December of the year before I was let go because the job was just very stressful. Yeah. It was. I would come home just wrecked. I couldn't function. And I finally got to the point where I said, God, I can't let my family have to deal with this. You know, mm-hmm. It's not their, not their fault. And so I need either be healed supernaturally or healed by the doctor. Okay. And so um, I started doing that, and that's how I started managing it. And uh, definitely in prayer. Fast forward to when I was unemployed, um, I actually was grateful I was on it because I could handle a little bit. Now, not everything was sunshine and roses. I had panic attacks like nobody's business because, well, hello, who's supposed to support the family? My wife was a stay-at-home mom. We had three kids and no income for eight months. I mean, eight months. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes me sweat just thinking about it. Absolutely. There's testimony on that, on what God did to get us through that eight months. But, you know, when you don't have something lined up and you keep getting declined job interviews and not getting it through the door, you start going, what am I going to do? You know? And so my anxiety level was pretty up there for a while. But then I started realizing, you know what, this is a blessing in disguise. God has got something so much better for my family, whatever it is. And so uh, I'd say probably about March, April, I got fired in January, about March, April. Um, I went to a job fair in March and just said, you know what, God, I need to decide what I want to do. I need you to help me get to that point. And I came up to a booth for IT, and it was a school for IT. I was like, well, why not? You know, I, I don't have my degree complete. I have my associate, but I don't have anything else. Let's see what we can do. Well, they got me on and said, you know, the state of Illinois, which is where I'm from, has a program that will train you if you're unemployed. They will pay for you to get training. I said, well, that's stupid if I don't do it. Right. So, you know, that's like a red flag of God right there. If you, if I knew anything, I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Got into it and found out I loved it. Uh, they paid for everything. And, uh, yeah. And then I started, you know, I got a job offer, um, which is funny because everything that we had up to that point financially to help us dried up on September 2nd. I got a job on September 3rd. What? Right to the day. Now, we weren't rolling in dough on that stuff. That was just people blessing us money to from um, from food stamps because I didn't I wasn't working. I had to feed right. my family, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff. And so that's just God working it out for you. But that's how I, I transpired from ministry 
to IT, which a lot of people go, well, that's not a big major story. And well, if you're not going through it, it's not major. <laughs> you know? hey, hey, dude, nine, nine months, uh, eight months without a, uh, income is a major, that's a, I mean, that's a major God story, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. That is legit. Absolutely. That's super legit. Now, how, never, how long have you been with the IT company now? Um, I will see a year and a half. Okay. Year and a half. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the process of it. Now I'm about to go through another process, which we'll talk about whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm don't leave me on people, <laughs> dude. I'm ready. What's the next All right. process? Well, what's going on is um, God has definitely spoken to my heart that from ministry, and this is gonna shock a lot of people, that ministry is not pretty. It's actually pretty dirty, and not everybody who's in, in ministry is meant to leave ministry. Amen. Okay, so I found that I allowed certain things in my life to happen and people in my life who were leading me do things they shouldn't do. And so I've learned to start looking for those cues, giving Mm. people the benefit of a doubt, but also praying, God, show me when it's time. And so uh, last couple of months, I've had something come up where my employer, th- my boss, the person that's over me, thinks I'm a pretty uh, indispensable, uh, not in, uh, dispensable, you know, person. I won't get into that. So I don't want to badmouth them, but it just isn't pretty. And so I started going, okay, God, it's time, <clears throat> it's time to move on. And so last week, I've had three job interviews. What? To, I know. I'm just, God's good. And so I have one offer that's coming on the table, another offer that's coming on the table. And so I'm going to have a few offers to pick from. But that's when you have to start listening to the Holy Spirit is when it's time to, to go. I wrote a book called Unpack, Life Lessons of an Unemployed Rockstar, whenever I, uh, whenever I got let go. I unpacked my journey of unemployment, and one of my uh, things I unpacked was when to know when to quit Mm. Um, because we're so focused in this society and even in the church, never give up. Well, sometimes you have to. You have to make that decision. This isn't working for my health and my sanity. I have to make the decision to quit, you know, and you don't want to do that. You want to be the person that always perseveres, but sometimes God is going, yeah, it's time to say no. And that's where I'm at. I'm moving forward and uh, that's what I learned. So now that's not the only thing you do because you're also still serving people in lots of different ways. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Tell tell us a little about that. Cause you, I mean, like I find that you're the kind of guy that's doing 20 million things. all (laughs) Like, look, well, you and I are in a little, you know, just a couple circles together. And I'm like, this dude is everywhere. I am. <laughs> what That's else are you doing? Yeah. What, what else are you doing? And, and maybe even more importantly than that, how, how do you manage it all? Yeah, that's definitely a good question. I uh, currently own my own agency where I help people uh, be able to take their time back. So Basically, I run their social media and I run their email, all customer service. Mm. And uh, so I do that for a few high-profile people. And I also run a Facebook group that you and I are part of, right. a social media influencer group where I help out. That I create a lot of content for that. I also run their customer service for that as well and do the money part of that for them. So got my hands all up in that. 
also um, I am a web designer so I build websites for people I've got two clients in that that I help with and also help them learn what they need to learn as far as the computer is concerned my job is to take their time back not to add to it for them mm. so I help them to make quality content and be able to work effectively with what they have so I do that and I do my podcast which is thoughtful moments and I drop a new episode every Thursday and hey, okay uh, so I mean you gotta you gotta tell you us know. man like uh are, did you clone yourself <laughs> did you? some people wonder <laughs> <laughs> well I mean like, how many kids you got right you've got three three I I had three girls they three, are uh three 12. princesses I do three um uh, so they are 12 11 and one's gonna be turning 10 pretty soon so and how long have you been married uh 13 years now and on the 17th Oh, congratulations. That's next Thank week. Thank you. I survived longer than Britney Spears is twice. Don't forget, right? <laughs> I totally dropped it. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I mean, how do, how do you manage how do you manage it all and still, uh, I mean, still by all accounts look like you're a really good dad? Well, I do my best with that. Um, I try to balance, I, you know, we talk about balance before you and I in our private time on that. Um, I actually schedule myself uh, time to do things like this interview. I schedule blocks in the day where I can uh, I can record content, um, where I can make new content, where I can edit my podcast you know episodes, which I'm going to be doing here here pretty soon. Study time for my bachelor's program I'm going through, and I, I strategically block them. Now, does it all, always work that way? No. When you have kids, it just doesn't work out that way. Hmm. So I make myself flexible flexible in that. Uh, with social media, with my agency, I actually have lots of times that I meet with my clients um, and I talk to them about what their goals are and what we're going to do next for them. Um, so usually those are in hour increments, and so I'll schedule those mainly on Monday because I'm currently off on Mondays uh, now, from do my you, day job. Do you um, schedule your uh, quiet time too, like your faith time? I mean, like what's yep. – are, are you a early morning guy? Or are you squeezing this in around when your kids are awake, or how are you managing all? Well, with that, I get up already. To I have to be at work at – seven in the morning i have to get up at 5 30 to get there you know to be there on time or early on time for me it's 15 minutes early so yeah, come on that's that's me too yeah. i'm with you on that yeah i don't like to run late i hate running late um but i usually will do it before i get uh after i get ready in the morning i'll do it at so i've started getting up at five o'clock getting getting ready and then i'll do it between five five and five forty-five. i'll put you know some time in for that usually it's with a devotional um, and with the word currently I'm doing the devotional with some, some, a group of mine, I'll choose the win, uh, from, uh, Tom Ziegler, which is Zig Ziegler's friend, uh, son oh, wow. and a very devout Christian. And so they talked about the biblical aspects of choosing the win. So that's currently where I'm at with that. And, you know, and I go to church on Sunday and Wednesday, which is a Christian answer for everything, right? Not anymore. Wednesday, dude. Wednesday's not a thing anymore for most churches. We don't, we don't, do, we don't do anything on Wednesday. I'm just trying to get people into some disciple-making groups so that they yeah. can, you know, grow. But Wednesdays, I don't know. It's tough. Sports, man. Well, sports takes it over. Um, I know my middle daughter had, had practice on Wednesday last week. And I, and I told the coach, you know, we told her, 
she'll be there until this time and then we're going we gotta leave we have church you know and so and the coach is totally cool with that which has been nice that is you know? nice yeah that is nice. so they'll they'll work with her in that little short period of time um, and then they'll i have such a hard time um it's yeah we just decided we're not doing wednesday night stuff so we do a lot of morning yeah. stuff and then do the yeah. disciple making during the week yeah um, we our church does a lot of youth programs on wednesday nights and honestly <clears throat> most of the church is doing the youth programs we do have a, a sermon you know our pastor does a sermon for the grown people but most of the grown people are in the youth ministry part oh yeah because they're there to serve with their kids that makes a lot of absolutely. sense to me that makes a lot absolutely of sense to me. so and our church is pretty strong with youth ministry that's our goal do you think uh, as you look at, at where God's taking you in the IT world, um, do you think that the, the next step for you will continue on a same path of indirect ministry? Or do you see yourself getting back into like an IT world for, for church functions? Or like, how, how do you make that decision knowing that you've got experience in both? And you can do, you can do both. I mean, you're, you're – Oh, yeah you're a Jesus guy, you know, like I'd go to your church. Okay. You know, I, I thought about pastoring. My wife said, no, <laughs> she <laughs> must've talked about her. <laughs> no, that's right. So I think, I think they had a private phone call. Um, we, we actually did talk about doing ministry at one point and, um, I wouldn't mind teaching. I have done that a few times and I'll put that on my podcast from time to time where I've actually preached. But my, uh, my goal has been indirect ministry. And I think absolutely that the churches lack on IT because they leave their, they leave their stuff open for everybody to, to get into. And a lot of folks don't realize that, that their information is susceptible to being stolen on, you know, through their churches. But teaching the church how to manage that and also teaching their congregation the dangers and the the positive parts of IT, of computers, of learning how to grow, being online, because a lot of things are going online nowadays. Yeah. You know? I mean, you well, see I, churches listen, all the time. Our biggest you know? campus is online. Absolutely. So if you think about like uh, Sunday, we do traditional and contemporary, and then we have an online service. Our biggest, I, I'll, I'll tell people all the time that the mm -hmm. online service is the new lobby of the church. Yeah, it is. And that's because people feel comfortable. They're not open to being, um, I, you know, there's a lot of pressure for unbelievers and even some Christians to walk into the church where they feel judged because they don't go all the time or they feel judged because they don't wear the right clothes or have the right attitude or whatever, or have 2000 tattoos on their bodies. And they're, they feel judged by that. And I think the online presence helps them to be able to break that barrier and so long, our, for many years, our churches have been against that. And I'm starting to see a lot of that change because they're seeing the, the, um, the importance of reaching the next generation, which is predominantly online. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in ministry for IT and online, absolutely. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot again because it just keeps coming to me. Um, hey, let's at, go for it. As somebody who does social media, as somebody yeah. who is – I mean, you, you are in the world of influencers and you IT and all the things. What's the number one piece of advice that you want to give to churches about their digital presence, whether that be social media or whatever? 
do more than just advertise. Do more than just advertise what you're doing. Uh, be engaged with your community. Um, put things out there that are fun for them to respond to. Give me a, give me uh, do, a for example. Give me a for example. For example, for you, uh, for your church, you do the parking lot update, which I bring up quite often. You interact with your people through that. They are they see Pastor Tony outside of the pulpit in regular out there in the weather with the snow coming down on crutches nonetheless because you know he's cool that way and but the I'm humanity stupid is what, i'm stupid is what it is <laughs> I, no, one know, cares, I, no one cares if i sit in a in a on my couch in my office other than me but i just cannot get over it no it's it's funny because we're like oh we shouldn't be injuring ourselves we should be protecting our no we're gonna go out there and do dumb things you know just do dumb things fun. yeah it's funny. you know I think Nike should change it from just do it to just do dumb things. That's what it be. <laughs> That'd be my brand. Absolutely. They can sponsor me. That's for sure. But doing, doing things like you're doing with that, you respond to people on that on a regular basis. I watch the comments below and that's what the kind of content I'm talking about, making it like a lifestyle and not just an advertising. Oh, we have a new event coming up on this date. Hope to see you there. Why don't you just respond to people while they're on social media with you so they will want to come? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, so. that's engaging content. I mean, it's something I've learned from you, right? Engaging content as soon as it's posted is one of the keys yep. to, uh, to getting more engaging content and, and whether people want to be in a safe relationship until they can get into yeah. a real one. Absolutely. And that's a safe spot for them is, Oh, I see Pastor Tony here on, on parking lot updates. I know what's going on. I know him because I formed a relationship seeing what he's going to say. Now, is and, it real? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that consistency on that's key too. Consistency Absolutely. on that's key. I've been doing that uh, for, gosh, four years now. Every, every Sunday, four years at 810. Yeah, and, and people are waiting for it. I bet you that if you missed an update, People will be calling, what's going on with Pastor oh, Tony? Oh, no. No, they've learned the trick. If I don't do an update, it means I'm not preaching that day. Oh. I told, oh, that's right. We had this conversation. I told you what to do about that. Record it, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> record it. <laughs> what, what you do is you record it, and they don't have to know the difference. <laughs> but, Will, isn't that lying? No, because you didn't tell me you were there. <laughs> you just recorded it, you know? <laughs> oh. oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, no, people relate to that so much more when you are real, authentic, you're not stale, you're not stagnant, you're not, you know, like we were talking about you going to seminary, we often call it cemetery because it's where all theological thought processes go to die. Whew, hurts, hurts my head. <laughs> it does. Uh, and thankfully, I never embraced that. Um, hey, there's still time, dude. I, United Theological Seminary is one of the biggest supporters of this podcast. I yeah. know people. We can make it happen, dude. Good, good. It's a great theological seminary in Dayton, Ohio. I'd love to introduce you. That's awesome. We'll have to chat about that offline. Sometime. Okay. That's All right. Sure. Good. Good. So I, I'm always open to learning new things. Um, I mean, if you saw my office right now, yours look like yours. I've got books everywhere. Walked into a thrift store today to to look around for, for something and. I walked out with, I think, six books. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I saw on the wall a sale, buy one, get one free, sold. <laughs> so, I have a book problem. I have a book problem. It's, but it's, I'm addicted to them, yeah. you know. So, yeah. What's, I guess what's, your favorite, what's your favorite thing you're reading right now? 
Uh, right now, I'm reading. Now, everyone, hold your breath. This is not a Christian book. It is Five, Five Presidents by Clint Hill. Mm. I just started watching that last uh, listening to it last week on audiobook. You, you do Audible, the, right? I do a lot of Audible. Actually, you can get a free trial on my podcast, too, uh, for Audible. I love Audible because I can listen to it anywhere. I can even listen to it at work where everything else I can't. And just put it in the background and listen to my book and, and work. So um, I got it on there and ended up buying the physical copy. But okay, uh, for the for the nonfiction, non-generic Christian one, that's what I'm reading now. But I am also reading a book by John Maxwell. Uh, it's on leadership. Imagine that. And I am drawing a blank on the title, but it was just released in January. So okay, All right. I'm reading. I'm reading that one right now too for my regular reading. That's great, man. I, I, um, I appreciate you. And I know that my listeners are going to want to support you and they're going to want to figure out what's the best place for them to follow you and to stay up to date and, and maybe what's a way that they can be praying for you. Absolutely. We'll definitely be praying for my employment situation. That I'm yeah, new job, new right. Absolutely. I want to always do what God wants me to do. So definitely pray for that. And for my family, because when you make a change, they make a change. So um, you can follow me any. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Thoughtful Moments Podcast. You can also go to thoughtfulmomentspodcast.com. Find my podcast on any podcast player out there. Instagram as well at Thoughtful Moments Podcast. That's where I'm most active right now. And you can also email me will at thoughtfulmoments.net.com uh, rather, and I'll respond to anything that you have questions about. That's great, man. I appreciate it. So I always love to ask my guests one final question and, uh, and you've probably heard it before, but I, I, I want to take you back to, um, to the, the drive that you made, um, as you left everything behind and started this new life. If you were to go back there and talk to that younger version of yourself, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Prepare yourself for the rocky road ahead and know that God's got it. Definitely, you know, that's definitely it. Um, at the end of the day, God's got it. And it's easier said than done. It's cliche for a lot of people, but that's what I've had to learn. God's got it. Um, ever since I've uh, arrived here in St. Louis, not been a, a bed of roses. I've had a lot of things happen. And still, God is faithful through it all. I could I can talk about it all day long. Uh, we could be here for hours, and I can tell you every single thing that God has done and has been, it could only be God, mm. and just knowing that God's got it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a friend and for being in the community with me and just for your leadership, and I just appreciate all that you do for so many of us. Um, you've got to go follow Will. He's putting out great content all the time. You're a content machine. Thank so. you very much. Someone's someone's going to have some fun with it. I'm going to have fun with this podcast when it goes live. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Let's see well, if we can get a lot of people following you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that just an awesome uh, conversation with Will? I love his heart. I don't think I've met someone who is as generous with his time and is so open to helping people as well. I know that uh, this conversation blessed you as much as it did me. Again, as a reminder, do me a favor, leave a comment where you can, subscribe, leave us a review. It always helps people find us. And don't forget, text the word RECLAIM 
to 66866. Text the word reclaim to 66866 to be a part of a community that we're, uh, we're building right now on how to reclaim good practices for faith and life. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to seeing you guys real soon.